You're listening to Tabletop and Beyond, Guild 9 Gaming Podcast, covering board games to war games and beyond. And welcome back to Tabletop and Beyond. I am your host, Justin, and the gang's all back together. Hey, gang. Hey, how's it going? Hello. Good evening. Uh, you heard an extra hello there because we hello. have a special guest with us today. James, why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. Uh, my name's James O'Brien. Uh, I'm an Age of Sigmar player and TO um, in the Northern Virginia, Maryland DMV type area. Uh, we are very excited to have James on with us. Uh, we just came off of a successful, very successful tournament, I feel like, up here in the Why, Northern Virginia you. area. Yeah, you did a fantastic job. How many people did we end up having at that tournament? Uh, we had 29 signed up and 27 actually turned up on the day to roll dice. So okay. 27 players for an RTT, three round RTT is, is pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, it, isn't the cutoff like 32, I think? The 32 is capped by what um, Hazar Hobbies, the venue that we use, uh, can I do. See. And currently by the amount of tables of terrain that I own as well. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> well, the terrain you had was amazing. And you had like probably what, like 10 of those big, uh, you know, rubber made uh, uh, storage bins. Yeah, something like that. Um, uh. So it's, uh, I mean, we, we, we're getting into the, the, the description of the tournament itself, but uh, the, <laughs> um, the it's, I've got a standardized, the difference between this and most other tournaments is that we have a standard table layout. So there are, for the 16 tables, there are two different table um, types um, and they have very similar layout between the two, but all eight of each of those tables is is identical. Um, So that provides a consistent sort of experience for the players, um, regardless of which table they're on. It was fantastic. We'll talk more about the the tournament as we get into our, our kind of our main topic time. Um, but very welcome. Uh, we're glad to have you here. Um, you are not only a fantastic TO, but you're a great player as well. You're very plugged into the Age of Sigmar uh, pipeline, and so I think that we're, we're going to get some good insight from you today. We're excited to have you here. Cool. Yeah, good Glad to have to you, James. Uh, originally born and raised in uh, Tennessee, right? In right? <laughs> yeah, indeed. I normally say Silver Spring, Maryland, and people look at me in a really confused way. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, no, obviously I'm from I'm from the UK originally. Uh, I I grew up not far from Nottingham, so obviously the mecca of uh, oh. of, um, of of Games Workshop and hobbying. Yeah. Um, but um, lived most of my adult life in, in London um, before moving over to the US. Um, I've been here for seven of the last nine years, six of the last nine years, something like that. Okay. How long? Have, so did did you get into wargaming when uh, back home? Yes. Yeah. I, um, I was uh, a lot more 40k back then, but um, ah, okay. Uh, there's a big gaming club in the UK uh, called the London Wargaming Guild. It was London Warhammer Gaming Guild, but I think they've changed the name slightly. Um, that started about nearly 10 years ago, perhaps now. Uh, and so wow. I I got back into it with playing with them in a pub on a on a monday night um and that led to tournaments in the uk then i moved over to the us and that i moved sort of from 40k to aos and um continued my sort of um my involvement um with with the warhammer scene uh, and competitive uh, aos really since i've i've been here and you did you move here directly to uh like the dc area Yes, that's right. Uh, okay. So uh, I was in the army for 12 years. Um, my last military job, I was posted to, um, uh, t- I spent my time between the British Embassy in DC and the Pentagon. Um, so I did that for a couple of years, moved back to the UK very briefly, but we enjoyed it over here and wanted to come back. So as- after I'd left the army, as soon as I was 
sufficiently senior in my job to be able to move. Um, I got an executive visa to transfer back over to the US and I've been here for four and a bit years since then. Very good. You are definitely one of the reasons that I believe that the DC area has a very good competitive uh, Age of Sigmar scene. We have some very good players in our area. We certainly do, yeah. So, and you are definitely one of them. I, I always fear <laughs> facing your city's army. Like, I hate that thing so much. <laughs> so, all that shooting. Especially for Nighthaunt players myself, way too yeah. much shooting. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I learned the power of that uh, in one match with you. I I played you twice. I played I played back when you were running Skaven, and then yep. uh, and then when you did uh, well, actually it was an RTT up at uh, Huzzah Hobbies. I played your cities. Okay, and that was cool. a fun uh, that was a fun match. But uh, more uh, yeah. more on that to come, I guess. Indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm onto Daughters of Cain now. Um, I am oh, doing the, 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 okay. the, Marath, the Marathi bow snake spam, but I'll talk about that in a bit we'll more detail. Later. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Well, let's get started with our Geek Week. James, why don't you kick us off with your Geek Week? You're our guest, uh, after all. Sure. Uh, well, as you know, I ran a, a tournament, uh, uh, an RTT, uh, last weekend, last Saturday. Um, since then, I've uh, sort of avoided finishing off my army for next weekend. Uh, I'm flying up to, to upstate New York to play in Du Bois this weekend, um, which is 75 Age of Sigmar players signed up. Um, oh, wow. Which is going to be awesome. And this week, I also... Uh, I sort of signed on the dotted line with Games Workshop to be a, a, a guest TO for them at their um, their open series of, of tournaments that they are running uh, this year. Oh, nice! So oh, this so is at the twenty twenty three. No, this is no. I'm I'm like next weekend after next. I'm flying up to down to Austin to um, oh, wow. to help uh, wow. help help one of the other Nova guys, uh, Chuck Moore, um, run the, um, the age of Sigmar GT, uh, or open that they are, that they are running in Austin, which is the third of the three events they're running this year. And then I think I'm signed up for next year as well. And potentially also their, their end of season grand finals that they're doing at the Citadel, um, in December. That's awesome. So this is like the Orlando open, the new Orleans Correct. open, yeah, right? This like is the Austin th- yeah. open. Yeah, absolutely. This is the, yeah. the third one of, of, of the three, the series of three that they're running. Okay. Very good. Very good. Um, wow. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Your, uh, your, your popularity star is rising, my friend. <laughs> I think I need to get more active on Twitter. seems to be uh, very <laughs> much uh, like AO, AOS seems to, to, uh, the AOS community seems to um, seems to gather on Twitter, and it's not really something that I've got a lot of time into yet. So definitely something that I think I'll look to do for well, 2022. Well, we're glad you could be on our podcast and we could help your popularity with all five of our listener base that will uh, <laughs> help you out there. I appreciate it's that. Thank you. Yeah. 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 There's a guy in Idaho right now that's right. really excited to hear this podcast. Yep. <laughs> oh, baby, they're back on. Actually, there is. I think he's one of our long-term listeners. Yeah. <laughs> uh jason how was your geek week i had a good time man so uh um some of you know i've said it before you know i'm involved with our youth group in our church um and so this past time i I figured i would teach them how to do resin casting so i do resin casting i make you know i make uh bases for my miniatures um i also uh do stuff for terrain i I made some castle walls and stuff so that i can just kind of duplicate them very easily with molds and stuff so i make my own molds and uh, so I got some, I got some kind of fun molds, and I put some links there in the chat if you guys are interested or in the uh, our our little Google Doc that we use. But uh, some molds just of like little dragon pendants and um, just some cool little stuff like a skull with a dragon around it. 
And then uh, we got kind of the two part mes- the two part resin, you know, like the quick set that sets in like you know ten starts to harden in like probably sixty seconds and then fully sets in ten minutes. And we got these eleven and uh, eleven to thirteen year olds just all like you know wearing gloves, pouring pouring molds for like an hour and 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 just they were just having a great time learning to try, starting to get them into the hobby and of of crafting and all that kind of fun stuff. And then went out and spray painted them silver and all that. All that jazz. So that was a fun week, fun, fun little thing to explore with them. That's very cool. Very cool. That's great. Yeah, one of them, uh, uh, we did some castle walls, and one of the guys was like, "Well, I want to do the full castle." I was like, "Well, we only got an hour, so we're going to be able to get like maybe, you know, maybe two walls after we kind of talk about everything." And at the end, he was geeking out so much about. It. He's like, "Man, I really want to make the rest of my castle." I actually had like almost a completed a completed castle with me. I just said, "Well, dude, just take that one. Give me your two walls. You can take that one." The guy was like, "Yes, I'm going to go home and paint it right now." It's like, "That's right, you do that, man." <laughs> Getting you into it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Next thing you know, he's going to be rolling dice at one of James's yeah, tournaments. That's right. <laughs> Very good, uh, Dan. How was your week? Well, I know I was away for the last show. Um, you know, I was decided to be slightly irresponsible with money, and I, I took my family on a, a Disney cruise. We were on the Magic, which was their oldest ship, but it's still gorgeous. They only have like four ships in their fleet, and um, it, the max passenger capacity is twenty seven hundred passengers, and there were only nine hundred. Wow, really? So if that really gives you a feeling, and they gave us a free two thousand dollar upgrade to our room. wow, sweet. So if you are in the mood to risk uh, COVID on a cruise ship, <laughs> which it was perfect, there was plenty of social distancing on this boat. And, you know, it's, I thought I was going to get hit over the head way more with the Disney IPs. There was a, a little bit of Marvel stuff. Of course, there's always the princess stuff and the Mickey and Fred stuff. And I was wanting to really get beat over the head with Star Wars IP stuff. Hey, we're going to do a Star Wars thing. Nothing. So if you want the, if you want the Star Wars content, you have to go get on one of their cruises that say Star Wars Days at Sea and stuff like that. So I, I was not assaulted with my favorite IP, unfortunately. Or save um, your money for the new two-day experience. Well, see, and that's that's, right. that's one of the reasons why I wanted to take this ship, this cruise, because we did five days, you know, four nights, five days, and literally it's the same price to take this cruise as it would have been to do two nights on the on the uh, Halcyon uh, Star Wars experience when it, when it opens up. So the prices per person per night right now on that is just so absorbent. Exorbitant, yeah. exorbitant. J- and uh, Jason and I talked a little bit about it last week, actually. We yeah. Did. What's your What's your quick? Give me your quick two cents because we haven't like posted last week's show yet. So um, I don't know. I don't know because Justin, I know, I know our discussion, but I've been thinking about it a lot more. Okay. And I'm thinking, I kind of feel like if it's a brocation, it might be worth the money. <laughs> if it's a if it's not a brocation, I'm like. It's, uh, it's like with your kids. You're like, oh, yeah. I don't know if I want to spend this money on my yeah. kids. But, but like a bunch of dudes, it might be like it might. I don't know. It might be worth it. <laughs> so, uh, James, are you familiar with this uh, Halcyon Star Wars experience at Disney? I am not. It. I'm sure it's awesome, but um, I haven't actually yet made it down to Disney since the Star Wars thing launched. Yeah. So they they're opening up one of their resorts, and okay. it's you pay. Uh, I think for a family of four. For two days, it's like five thousand dollars. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
and um, but it's a it's like this curated two day adventure, like role playing adventure almost. Yeah. That you're there on this ship, you know, you're cool. like in this resort where it feels mm. like you're on a starship, you know. Oh and wow! So, like the you windows are the, all like space yeah. L- yeah. You know, LEDs and stuff like that. And, Interesting, because uh, I there's did like the... dinner theater stuff too, you know. Yeah, I did. Um, I don't know whether it's a thing in the U.S. There's a thing in the U.K. called Secret Cinema, where basically they they pick a film, they don't really tell you much about what's going on. You then have to get dressed up in a theme. You then turn up, and they have this whole experience where like you go a couple of hours before it starts and they basically had all these like Tatooine villages built for everyone oh. and you wandered through the bazaar and the market and got food and got drinks and then and then they basically then took you into this custom built theater that they'd had in different rooms and they played different bits of uh, Empire Strikes Back in different similarly made up rooms and you move from room to room to room and then they would have live action people acting out various scenes from it. Um, nothing official, but it's all it's an, yeah. an organisation called Secret Cinema and they've, they've, they've been doing it for years. I'm pretty sure they've moved over to the US as well because it's massive yeah. in the UK. Like Sounds every like summer they have a big one. Oh, it was fantastic, yeah. Yeah, that's great. That sounds really interesting. I've never that, heard of that before. It sounds awesome. I was like, yeah. I'm like, I'm on orbits right now, booking a ticket to London. <laughs> we would get sued by uh, the mouse so fast if we tried to do one of they those. They have a Ghostbuster secret cinema now. Oh, hey. Yeah, actually, I think that was this this year was Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. That's fantastic. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Well, I I, I wanted to uh, just ju- just um, because we'd been talking about doing the Disney spaceship, you know, the Star Wars spaceship for a long time, and then the sticker shock has really kind of poured water on everything. Because at one point in time, I'm like, I don't care what it'll cost. I remember you saying that. Those were his exact words. Take my money. I don't care how much it is. Here's my wallet, sir. I was going to say, I was like, hey, here's the routing number to my checking account. Take whatever you need and just get me going. And then you see the numbers. Exactly. (laughs) Which one of these three children do you think would be good? Um uh but nonetheless so we're like let's go on like a real cruise and go to the beach and kind of have some real life fun and, and we we did have a great time uh i did bring one gamer game with me i brought uh arkham horror the card game with me i never ripped it out of its original shrink wrap the whole time which means it was it was a fun it was a fun time but um so I, I don't know what i'm going to do with that star wars cruise thing i i'd want to do it sometime before i die i'm just not not in a uterine right now uh, my other quick geekweed thing was Miniature Market, who we don't make any money off of, and, and I've mentioned them a few times. They had a Black Friday sale going, right? And so yep. early in the morning, I saw the thing, and they're like, yeah, up to 90% off, and I'm going through. They had a lot through. of Star Wars stuff. They had all kinds of stuff, and I'm throwing stuff in the in the cart. I'm like, yeah, and I need three of those and two of those, and I'm just, and not just Star Wars, just all kinds of stuff that I yeah. wanted. You know, I wanted expansion for, for games that I haven't pulled out of the shrink wrapper yet, right? So... And I had all this stuff. I had a couple hundred bucks worth worth of games. Of course, this was during work. And mm. so by the time my workday was over, I got distracted because I was employed. By the time I got back, I went to my shopping cart, refreshed it, and everything was gone. <laughs> Except for oh. one or two things. And I was like, screw this. <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm like, dang it, dang it, dang it, dang it. While supplies last over the next eight hours. <laughs> yeah, all the good stuff will be gone in about ninety minutes straight. So anyway, if when the deals come, the deals can go. So that's my two cents there. Yeah, very good. Uh, 
as I said, I played in a tournament this last weekend, uh, but my big accomplishment was that I finally got uh, Mach Crusher uh, and Mega Boss painted for it. So uh, this thing had been sitting on my shelf mocking me for a good two years. <laughs> Um, you know, cause it was like half assembled. I got it from, um, our mutual friend, Corey, you okay. know, Corey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, ah, I'm trying to get rid of my mock crusher. Let me tell you something. Corey is the worst assembler I have ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. Like there are gaps everywhere on this thing and I can't fix it cause he glued it, you know? And I'm yeah. like, dude, you just didn't put it together. So like I had to pull out the green stuff to like, you know, patch it all up and, it took a little TLC to, to get it there, but then um, I made quick work of it though with my airbrush, and because uh, that's probably one of the biggest things that I painted. Yeah. Um, like I painted I painted a black coach, but that's a lot of detail on the black coach, mm. a lot of small detail. Whereas the mock crusher, like I could really uh, do a lot of cool stuff with the airbrush, and you know, not worry about tiny tiny details on it. So. Very happy with the way it came out, and uh, I gotta just finish my other mock crusher now, and get get an actual army painted so I can you know maybe submit it for the painting competition. Yes, indeed. <laughs> the um the totally fair and balanced two two more crusher list. Um, yeah, the, right. Um... <laughs> Even though I only went one and two, but that was that was more me still trying to learn the game, you know. So yeah, um, I have heard in Corey's defense. That the more crush is particularly hard to put together uh, without cr- having big gaps. It it probably is. Um, I will say this though that having cut my teeth literally like um, on assembling spirit hosts mm. for night hunt, I when people were like that was a hard model to assemble, I'm like, yeah, let me tell you about hard, buddy. You haven't <laughs> assembled twelve spirit hosts. <laughs> yep. So those ones are those ones like really tried my patience. I wanted to like quit the game after I was like done assembling them. So good time. So, um, but yeah, cool. Sounds like we had a sufficient geek week. Lots of, lots of good stuff to go around. Uh, Dan, I think it's time for some news. (laughs) Welcome to tabletop and beyond news. By the way, James, this happens every time. I, I thought it's the way you were laughing that this was, this, was a, this was a new piece of music. <laughs> well, it's new every time. It's, ah, okay. it's never been the same piece twice. It used to it used to be a little uh you know like pursed lips trumpet coming from Dan. Yeah. And okay. now we've now we're getting these uh these new I songs, see. which is yeah. cool. I ran um, I ran out of uh, decent uh, tunes to to use my mouth instrument so. <laughs> It's okay. The internet lets us use five sec. Was it five seconds of anything? Yeah, ten seconds. No, yeah, ten yeah, seconds. Yeah. Fair yeah. use. Fair use. Okay. And Fair and use. Uh, and all the music I've been using lately is royalty free. There, so, there it is. So there we're, there it is. Because I'm Wait, really concerned that somebody's going to sue us for making money <laughs> off of right. their stuff. Right. <laughs> right. No, no. Because our advertisers are just shower- showering us with money every minute. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here we go. First item. The classic video game series Tomb Raider is coming to tabletops as Lara Croft's Tomb Raider. The announcement came as part of Square Enix's celebration of the 25th anniversary of the original Tomb Raider game, which also included announcements for a new cookbook and travel guide. (laughs) 
Okay. Sales cool. on existing Tomb Raider video games, updates on the Netflix animated series based on the games, and more. The tabletop RPG is described as a passion project of senior technician designer Matthew Gaston, who's worked on the franchise since 2007. Very little information is available, and the system has not yet been announced, but... Uh, there are previews of three monsters, Shark, Zombie, and Bear. The core rulebook and introductory adventure, Laura Croft's Tomb Raider, Mark of the Phoenix, will be released later this year. Did any of you guys ever play the original Tomb Raider? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Over and over, right? Yeah. Good little yeah. polygon. Uh, you know what's funny about Tomb Raider now is if you get on YouTube and try to look up Tomb Raider, like, I don't know about you guys, and maybe it's because I'm searching for the wrong things, but the first things that pop up in my feed are always those people that mod it with, like, sexy Laura, you know? <laughs> so it's like she's in, like, you know, some crazy bikini. She's been voluptuized, and, like, you know, they're playing the game with More this. More than standard. Yeah, hacked model. Yeah. Uh, I mean, be, that doesn't weird. happen to me. I don't know what <laughs> I, your search algorithm I is. Just, yeah. You know, I don't, my kids mainly use my YouTube. Computer. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, I, listen, I, I like, I really have liked the recent Square Enix Tomb Raider games. Um, they're a lot of fun. I've always enjoyed playing them. Um, I don't know how this is going to work on a tabletop board game, though. It's got to be a lot of puzzles. It's not, yeah, yeah RP, RPG or board game. It uh, looks like they're going to be doing both, from what I can Ooh, tell, but okay. definitely an RPG. Cool. Yeah, so I could see that, it as a board game. Does everybody get to be Laura, Lara Croft or? Yeah, right. right. Yeah, if all, it has the same problem as every Batman role-playing game. It's like, well, <laughs> one of us gets to be Batman. No, see, uh, James, you could be Lara Croft, and I'll be Laura Croft. <laughs> right. Uh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a I have a sister named uh, Lauren. I still don't know the right way that she wants me to say it. Whether it's Lauren or Lauren. Yeah, it's a, it happens with my wife, who is also yeah. named Lauren. That's true. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, Which way is it with your wife? Uh, she likes the Lauren. 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 Yeah. Okay, yeah. Got Lauren. It. So, yeah, we have a, a Laura Croft, a Lara Croft, Lara Croft. Lara. Larry. Larry, Larry Croft. He's itching and scratching Larry. in inappropriate Right, I want to play Larry Croft. He's the boat mechanic. Yeah. You're watching his plumbers crack the entire game yeah. as he pulls up his pants. You're, you're the guy that's going to sit down at the one-shot Gen Con of, of this RPG, and everyone's going to go, are you not taking this seriously? <laughs> Larry Croft. Oh, that's great. All right. Let's... Leisure suit in there. <laughs> I was, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> right. Leisure suit, Larry Croft. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so good. Man, if I could buy one of those today, I would. Not the video game, but the leisure suit. If I could find some polyester to walk around it. All right. Uh, the Discworld franchise, which comes from Terry Pratchett, if you guys are not familiar has returned to the tabletop role-playing game with the print-on-demand release of the of Discworld role-playing game from Steve Jackson Games. This core rulebook is updated for GURPS 4th edition rules and combines material previously published as two books under previous editions to act as a single complete game ready to play in one 410-page book. This includes cool. all the rules needed for GURPS. Are you guys familiar with GURPS? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we, I, I know it's it's around. I don't know anybody who's played it recently, but if you're into Pratchett and Discworld, it is, uh, and you want to just print on demand a 410 page book on yeah. your inkjet printer, do it. You've got it, no problem. Yeah. So it's I, I always love seeing these old uh, uh, 
properties from the eighties get, get a new lease on life in the modern digital era. So I was just looking at this. There's a term for this. There's a term for revitalizing like seventies and eighties games. Okay. Uh, right now, I can't remember what it's called. Right, I have to look the, the the South Park guys called it member berries, didn't they? Yeah, member, <laughs> member, member when we used to play GURPS? <laughs> and then there was the Pepperidge Farm remembers. Yeah, see, that's, yeah. <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? The uh, well, I just lost. Oh, uh, four hundred page book printable. That's what we have work printers for. Am I yeah. right, guys? <laughs> You're allowed to go into work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't been into work for 18 Dude, months. Dude, like Dan's going to go into the office like 20 months later. There's going to be just a stack next to the printer that has a post note that says, for Dan. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Pick up your yeah. crap. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's the news. Not a lot tonight, so we got plenty of time to cover our main topic. Ah, very good. Thank you, Dan, for the news. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right. Well, let's get into uh, our main topic. Uh, the whole reason we brought James on with us is to talk a little Age of Sigmar. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, some tournament stuff, uh, yep. Age of Sigmar 3.0, uh, like what's in the future. So uh, you gave us a little intro already. I yep. think uh, I think we've covered that. So uh, why don't you give us a little recap of the tournament, though? Yeah, sure. Um, so as I said... Um... Tournament this Saturday, three rounds at Hazar Hobbies in Ashburn in Northern Virginia. Uh, we had 27 players. Um, so uh, I, because uh, with a, a small tournament like that, it's easy enough to uh, for the TO to play a few rounds as well. So I played a few turns for the first couple of rounds with uh, with whoever had been paired for the buy. So uh, said so they still got their sort of their value out of the event, uh, their, their three rounds, uh, and got to get spanked by my uh, my bow snakes. So that was nice. Um, obviously, I gave them a win. Um, it was a really good. It was a really good tournament uh, in terms of I, I think a good a good demonstration of what the meta looks like at the moment, um, and some really sort of closely fought games. So we actually uh, we got down to. Um, the final, the top three, like the podium being determined, not with three players going three and O maximum points. There were two that did do that, but third actually had a minor victory in their final round. And that minor victory jumped them over the two players uh, who actually got a tie in the final round to knock one another off the podium. Oh, so, wow. Um, mm. Yeah, so one of our local guys, uh, Horatio, with his uh, his giants, his sons of Behemoth, uh, had a draw with another one of the local players, Charles Wilson, who plays Lumineth, and they had a, a, a full tie, um, which is, is fairly difficult to do in uh, Age of Sigmar. Like... Less, Less ridiculously diff- hard no not not so difficult anymore in 3.0 it always used to be almost impossible because you had to get the same battle points and then you had to kill the same number of points oh right or somebody got a minor victory now um if you've got the same battle uh, the same victory points and they got the same number of uh, you you both scored your grand strategy and you both scored the same number of um uh, battle tactics then it goes to a tie um, ah. so so it's slightly easier to get a tie now okay but still like over five rounds, it's quite a challenging. It's quite a. You have to have you playing a super tight game for it to, for it to go down. Uh, mm-hmm. To go to go to the wire like that. Uh, and so the, yeah, the two of them tying managed to bump them them out of the out of the top three. Um, so quick quick little bit about the the the, the successful lists then. Um, so 
because of the tie between Lumineth and, and the, the Sons of Behemoth. And Sons of Behemoth um, uh, is a competitive army at the moment. It's very much a gatekeeper army. So they do one thing and they do it very well, which is they put big, massive monsters that count as a lot of models onto objectives. If yeah. you have if you have the DPS to kill them quickly enough, you win the game. If you don't, they win the game. Like yeah, it, it, so... is, it is a classic gatekeeper type list hmm. yeah absolutely and for our listeners the sons of behemoth like you're talking there's like four to seven models total right and they're these giant like 18 inch like giants that literally come on the table with humongous bases and can move uh move great distances right and so yep. it's a very low model count but they do count for a lot on objectives um and uh they seem to do a lot better against um more horde type armies yeah you know I, so like if you've got uh like a soul blight list that has skeletons and zombies and stuff like that like they'll do really well against them um i played a sons of behemoth in my last round and utterly quashed them um but that's because i had okay. two mock crushes and yeah. <laughs> had the dps like you said to to deal with it right mm-hmm. so yeah it, it's very much like you remember a while back when imperial knights first came out in 40k yeah they were they were filling the same function you know they could you could if you could get past them if you could defeat them yep you had a chance of, of going on and doing very well in the tournament if you couldn't you're you were forever going to be constrained to the to the middle tables that that that's the type of situation that, that they 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 sit in at the moment and you yeah. have to plan for them, right? Like, you, oh yeah, absolutely. You just you yep. you have whatever list you make, you have to plan like, what if I'm going to see, uh, Sons of Bahamut army? Yep. Because you got you got to plan for it. So. Yeah. Um. So that was that was Horatio's uh, list, and the Horatio's I think at the moment, uh, your listeners might be aware of the ITC, which is the, the it's either international or independent. I can't remember the tournament circuit, and it's basically a point system. You score points for each tournament you go to, and those all contribute. Uh, towards the overall end of season um, final placings um, in in this in this tournament circuit, and and Horatio I think is top of Sons of Behemoth. Oh, him. nice, um, nice. So he's doing very very well with them. So it's it's a good list. He's a good player, uh, and he had the super tight game against uh, Charles Wilson, who's another local strong player playing Lumineth. Now Lumineth very different. Um, Lumineth, um, what's the politest way to describe Lumineth? Um, broken. <laughs> not not so much that i mean like they're, they're called lumineth realm lords but yeah. like um the, the 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 quite apt nickname is lumineth edge lords because like they are they're a spoiler army uh-huh. um they do a lot of stuff to limit what the opponent can do be that make them spend double command points to do anything special they shoot out of line of sight they have these models called the called popularly called foxes uh, but are called hurricane wind spirits or something like that um that can bounce around the board they move in your turn they move in their turn they move in the shooting phase they move yeah. in the combat phase you they're cannot pin them down a pain to play against for everyone um yeah. so they're there if you're the kind of person who kind of plays rogues in world of warcraft they're, they're, they're your type of army um because they 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 do they spoil a lot uh, and they're 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 a good strong competitive choice and so they had they had an excellent game and then um, sort of the top three um, again one of not 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 local but Emma Mangles who's who's up in I think she's from New Jersey um, uh, oh she, isn't she part of the um, uh, basement wargamers 
she's not. Uh, she's. Okay. Uh, she, I think she's got her own club called Your Math Teacher. Um, okay. And um, Emma's a uh, very, very good competitive player, goes to all the big events, um, and came down um, to Virginia to play in this one um, with, uh, again, another, what I'd say, fairly meta list at this point, um, Seraphon, which is used to be called Lizard Men, and is yeah. now, they're basically now celestial demons um that are memories of ancient dragons and dinosaurs and stuff so they're super cool uh they're like monsters and dinosaurs and stuff um and uh allied in one of the uh one of the the the, the best known characters in in age of sigmar gotrek gurnison who's oh, okay. a, a transplant from the um the old world of warhammer fantasy battle um and he's an absolute beast uh he's a tiny little dude who doesn't move very far but the moment he gets in to contact with something he obliterates it so a good solid list um a lot of strong shooting um and also gotrek to sort of like shore up the middle because he's really hard to kill he does a ton of damage um and and emma uh, emma was crushing everybody and then um then only managed to score a minor victory in her final round but that was enough to jump the two players in front of her who tied so that was cool oh wow um exactly um and so it made, it made for a really good competitive situation and then uh, the top two uh, in second place sergio ortiz um one yep. of your guys from from uh, woodbridge um who was playing uh Eidneth deepkin which is um best described as fish elves for people yeah. who don't really know the yeah. game um <laughs> and um he's playing what i'd call the current favored Ideneth list which is quite a mix of all the different things that Ideneth can do so when that book first came out a few years ago now um it was all eels so they yeah. have these fast moving hard hitting eels that can either do a bunch of damage or or be really hard to kill uh, so he's got a couple of units of those um back in the day it was full spamming eels yeah like, to, like 18 of them or something like exactly, that right yeah, yeah. And, and, indeed and that was that was a really good list for a long time yep. um but added to that, all of the other different things that the the, the the deep, all the other different cool stuff that the deepkin can do, uh, have got in their army now is included in this list. So yeah. it's got quite a number of their reavers, which are their little fast-moving archer scout uh, guys, um, and he buffs them up by by taking the um, what's the giant turtle thing called? Um, the uh, it's not the Eidolon, it's the um, the giant turtle. The, the giant Leviathan, Cita, right? Leviathan, Leviathan. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So the Leviathan, uh, because that hands out protective buffs to all the small dudes around it. It also gives them bonuses to hit. And then he's got the other thing, which is the Eidolon, which is kind of like the spirit of their god, which is this big wave thing um, that gives them bonuses to wound. So these little dudes who aren't supposed to be very good suddenly get all these buffs from everywhere yeah. and do a ton of damage. And then they're then they're screened by all of these really hard hitting, fast moving, quite resilient eels so and they're really and they're cool... really cheap those little reavers like they are, for what they yeah. can do they're pretty cheap yeah so a really good list from sergio um but the the, the winner was um was a guy that i i only met a few weeks ago uh called dale irvin uh and he's from um the shenandoah warhammer oh really or war, or war gaming club yeah so i met a, about four or five of those guys down at um battlegrounds in richmond okay. so again another amazing store i would recommend that to anyone who lives locally cracking store great range really cool people i went down and played in one of their tournaments a few weeks ago and uh, met some of the shenandoah wargamers and dale and a couple of his buddies came up to uh, hazar uh, because it's super close for them it's only about 45 minutes drive for them so quite a convenient spot um and dale was playing uh, big war um and big war is 
kind of like the soup faction of all of the of the all the orc races at the moment so you've yep. got little bits of all sorts of different orcs in there the more crushers that you've do- you've talked about justin yep. uh, but also some of the new uh cruel boys uh yep. who have really good shooting that you can buff up with their own characters to do mortal wounds on a five uh plus some of the the resilient orc bodies the um is it Ard Boys? What are the basic ones? Ard Boys or Brutes? Ard Boys. The Ard um, Boys, yeah. Yeah, so 30 of those as well. So a, a really nicely balanced um, list that's got a bunch of hard-hitting stuff uh, in combat. It's got quite got really good ranged attacks from these uh, from the Cruel Boys. Has got board presence. Has got bodies. Um, and he was he played a really tight game, a really tight tournament. In fact, I mean, he was scoring bonus points all the time for killing monsters for achieving his his objectives with monsters um because that's one of the things about the way age of sigmar set up at the moment is that it's the the competitive games are played in the realm of gur which is the realm of beasts so you get bonus points in competitive games for killing monsters and you get bonus points for achieving your secondary um objectives or battle tactics as they're called with monsters um so he worked those angles really well and it's something that he and i had talked about a few weeks ago down in richmond because i was doing the same thing when i went down there and played looking for those little extra bits because yep. you've you've got to assume and moving on to your sort of next question for me what's the state of aos at the moment yeah 3.0, yeah yeah nice transition to, thank you <laughs> i appreciate that um you've got to assume that people are going to score maximum points if they want to win a tournament uh, and that means that they're going to win the mission and they're going to score their grand strategy, which is like your your army's overarching objective, which gives you some bonus points. And they're also going to score all of their battle tactics every turn because you yep. plan the battle tactic you're going to take or the way you're going to do your battle tactics so that you've always got something that you can you can you can close off at the end of the game. So you take ones that might not seem to be the easiest towards the start of the game so that you you're leaving when you've got less units, less models left towards the end of the game. So that you can you can snaffle those those turns four and five battle tactics. So yeah. people are getting the hang of that. I'm so really it's, the... yeah. On, sorry, sorry. I, I was gonna say it's it's really interesting because this is this was my big takeaway from the tournament this weekend, right? Which was um, I did not have a very good handle on the battle tactics mm-hmm. um, because I had only played like one 3.0 game before. Uh, coming into this tournament you know and so um it's a lot different because like when we were at the lvo right which was probably lvo 2020 which was like the biggest tournament probably before every covid shut everything down right for a while Mm -hmm. um you know the the big thing there was that you had um a secondary objective that you would choose and then sometimes you had some tertiary uh, you know, game one. Yeah. So maybe, you know, you have like, okay, I got to win by victory points. And then I have like these two other things I have to do. Um, but with these new battle tactics, like you're, you have another thing to do each yeah. round Yep. and, um, and you can only do one of them. And if you don't get it, you don't get it right. Like it's yep. not like you can try it again the next turn. Um, Correct. You, you know, you're, you shot your wad basically. Right. And you, as you were saying, to really maximize the points, you have to think: How can my monsters do these things? Yes, indeed. There are there are five, so in theory, one per round. Mm-hmm. If you're playing it perfectly, that you can get a bonus point with with a monster. So, AOS is moving towards the progressive scoring that 40k already has. In mm-hmm. that, most of the missions now, your the primary is going to be 
scored on the number of objectives you hold and you're going to get for a point for having one objective a point for having two a second objective and a point for having more than your opponent yep so that like there's three primary points available in most missions and then on top of that your battle tactic is worth two or potentially three if you score it with a monster mm-hmm. but also you can get another bonus point if you kill a monster in that turn so you're competing for on the face of it five points but in reality up to seven points a turn um and basically working out how you can guarantee that you get those battle tactics but also then pick up bonuses by doing it with monsters yeah and picking off your opponent's monsters but not all in one go because you can only get one bonus point per turn for doing that is how you're then really starting to differentiate yourself separate yourself out from the majority of players who are just trying to win the game right and score now, james the, let me ask you a question why points. do you think why do you think um they've placed such a strong emphasis on monsters for additional point scoring in 3.0 it's yeah good question it it's i think it's just a cyclical and because they talk about the battle pack and so the missions are defined by the battle pack and also the bonus points that are going to be played for that year are defined by the battle pack which is part mm. of the mm-hmm. the general the general's handbook which is kind of the aos equivalent of chapter approved which comes out each summer and sets like the rules for competitive play for the year as it were uh, and basically this year because it's the realm of beasts it's to do with monsters uh. i think you could see that next year and this is this is no gw insider information this is this is purely speculation on, on, on my behalf um that it could be like uh the realm of azir which is a very magic heavy realm so you're starting to uh, get bonus points for doing stuff with wizards you know or bonus points for killing wizards so mm-hmm. i think that's the type of thing that we we could see and i i'm a big fan of the fact that gw is setting it up like that because it's going to keep the game fresh yeah i think so. um and it's going to help them sell more models because people are suddenly going to start optimizing slight with slightly different lists um and i think it's going to it's going to keep that interest um going in the game and so i think that that battle pack and the way missions are set up is is what is working well at the moment now it's not perfect because there's a couple of missions there's a couple of real funnies um one is that for some reason i don't know why they've still left in the instant win gotcha mission there's one of those in the general the, handbook. The old knife to the heart mission. The old knife to the heart mission, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like, haha, got you. Turn three, I score both objectives, game ends. Um, that makes for a terrible risk of negative play experience, you know? Especially um, if it's it... moved towards a progressive point system. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so this is and one of the reasons. <laughs> exactly. And this, this is one of the reasons why I've ended up putting my hat in the ring to help GW with these events is that for the first two for New Orleans and for Orlando that mission was in the the GW open and so you'd got a situation where you got four missions um that were scored that were scoring like as I talked about in the sort of like 25 to 30 type range maybe uh-huh. up to 35 and then you got one mission that was zero or one right and <laughs> but at the same time because the 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 tiebreakers were like firstly is the number of games you've won that's who defines who's wins everybody there are going to be a number of people who get five and oh then beyond that it's the number of grand strategies you score so but then again most people have got five of those as well but and then it's also the number of battle tactics you scored across the five rounds 
And unfortunately, by playing that mission, I can't remember what it's called now. I mean, if somebody's got their GHB in front of them, the, let, let me know. Um, it's not called First Blood. It's called Marking Territory or something like that. Um, the, um, the it doesn't actually tell you to track your secondaries, uh, your battle, your your grand strategies in the mission pack, but you had to to get twenty to get full points. Uh -huh. but no, so it, like it caused a bit of a incoherence in how it was all running so hopefully i don't know for sure but hopefully that mission's gone from um uh from austin if it's not we'll just have to make sure that everybody is tracking 100 percent too hey you still need to make sure you're scoring your grand strategies you still need to make sure you're right. uh, sure you're scoring your battle tactics so what you don't want to do is win that mission in turn three <laughs> yeah because because then you, you can only have got a squad a maximum of, of, of three of three um so that tactics. raises an interesting question because when we're playing uh you know this prep for du bois for example mm -hmm. um if you uh i guess it's if you tabled your opponent you then work through the rest of the rounds but yeah, if, if, but if this can... says if you win you the game's over so you don't Correct. work through the rest of the rounds okay i see what you're yeah. saying yeah um yep. so so it, it, it i think it made for um a little bit of confusion uh, in that case, uh, and it's just it just goes slightly against the way that the rest of the missions are set up with this progressive scoring. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's I think that's what's what's not working is that mission. There's there's some funny quirks to the rules at the well at the moment as well. In that, um, uh, I think as we're seeing the new books, the power level and the damage output has massively increased. Um, so you've seen well you, you're playing with the new orc book, uh, yeah. Justin. Yep. The damage that they can throw out is enormous. Yes, it can um, be incredible if you get yeah if you get all the stuff going for you for sure. Yep, and the um, as a counter to that, that we have what we call save stacking now. Um, yep. So it's very difficult to increase your saves, um, your saving throws, your armor saves uh, in in 2.0 particularly. Um, you'd normally only be able to find one way of doing it. Or maybe you'd be able to add one and or maybe get a re-rolling re ones. Whereas now, every army's got the opportunity to do two or three bonuses to save. Which makes for a little bit of sort of like god monster hammer. When you've got things that have already got a three up save base. You're stacking plus two to save on them. You're then yep. in some cases giving them re-rolling ones or re-rolling all saves. Uh, and they suddenly, if, unless you've got a ready source of mortal wounds in your army you're going to have a bad time against that. Yep. Um, so particularly as you can stack that with ward saves, which you're then doing on top of it, um, you can only have one ward save, but it's really easy to give anything in the game just about a five-up ward save because yeah. of a particular relic that's available. And I'm sure you're doing that in your list as well, Justin. Oh, absolutely. Um, yep. <laughs> are, the war, are the ward saves like the filled no pains or yeah, like correct. the death yeah. saves? And, yeah, okay. Yep. So uh, uh, it's easy to put get something with a, a three up base save that you can buff up to a one a one up fairly easily, and then it has a five up ward on top of that. Yeah. And now another n novelty in 3.0 is that you can heal pretty. You've got a number of different ways of healing. Yeah. There's a, there's a generic prayer called heal. There is a heroic action where you can heal a, a hero in your in your hero phase. So there's there's a lots of ways to make those really big impressive models perform that way on the battlefield but it can be it can be overpowering um so um do you find do you find that um there's more rend in the game which kind of knocks down some of that save not really i think the only ones we've seen that with so far are the um 
the orcs where they've just added the the, the two up rend to the uh to the piggies um yep. the and the brutes and the brutes the, yeah, yeah the gorgrunters so. and the boot uh, brutes with the yep. with the hackers right but yep. the um I, and, I'll you've be got, in... and you've got your war to get an extra point of rend, yeah. so you can easily put them to three up rend. So those new armies can, I think, can handle the save stacking. Yeah. But but you know what the book release schedule is looking like. We're not going to have new books for all of the armies for a good number of years. That's so... very true. Uh, it's it's interesting because um, uh, like like you like I was saying earlier, I played the Sons of Bahamut, right? And um, I attacked with that tail with that extra rend or whatever, and mm. it was like it all went straight through all the damage, and he was totally buffed up too. Yeah. So it almost killed an entire uh, mega gargant with one attack, right? Well, not mm -hmm. one attack, but with a tail attack. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you could you can uh, start stacking some of that stuff, and it's pretty yep. pretty powerful. Um, and I'll be interested to see. I know the the Nurgle book is coming out next, yep. and they are known for not having rend, right? They are very squishy they army that uh, sticks around. For, yeah, they are known for for basically hitting like a wet blanket, but being really tough. So, because yep. they've got they've normally got access to quite a lot of ward saves. Uh, yep. They've normally got access to various negatives to hit. Yeah. Uh, they've they've normally got decent armor. Um, mortal uh, wound output. They've got some mortal wound output. But it'll be interesting. But they also have a summoning mechanic. And right. summoning was going to be the next thing that I mentioned. Because when we did the, the squish from 2.0 to 3.0, all of the existing stuff got a points increase. Yeah. Just about. Yep. Nearly all of it did. Um, and within that, but at the same time, none of the summoning mechanics changed. So suddenly your the value of what you were bringing in with that same summoning mechanic mm -hmm. increased that sort of 10 to 15 percent yep. and so those armies that are already pretty effective in summoning suddenly look really good so um everyone knows how well zinch has been doing um yeah Caleb i was gonna Wal say <laughs> bringing Caleb in Walters. a unit of 10 of pinks like all of a sudden exactly. it's like a lot yeah yeah uh, caleb walters has been crushing it in 3.0 with the zinch list um Bill I Caesar. hate his I hate his Zinchless so much. Oh, yeah. I, gross, I love how gross, polite he is when he plays. He's like, I'm really sorry. I'm just going to have to cast 13 spells right now. I, I understand <laughs> this is hard for you. but Thankfully, it has it has had a little bit of a nerf. In the, you remember when they, they redid the um, cogs so that it gave every yeah. wizard within six yes. inches a, yeah. uh, a, a, an extra spell? He mm -hmm. was suddenly like, yep, yep, there's another 13 spells a turn yeah. I can cast. There you go. It's giving me another... Nearly a full set of of, of pink horrors every I, turn. Just I played him in endless yeah, stuff. I know, right? I played him in March 2020, and mm. um, he literally in the first turn cast 21 spells, and the only yep. reason the only reason he didn't do more is he literally ran out of spells. He cast every every yeah. mortal realm spell that we had going. All of the stuff on his war scroll, all the other yeah, stuff that he same. knew. Same when he and I was just like, him. well, this was fun. <laughs> yeah um so so <clears throat> summoning mechanics that haven't haven't been made more difficult are a bit of a funny one so you've got the caleb example you'd obviously then got bill one bill Souza one um well i think technically caleb won but bill Souza was best general at uh new orleans with a uh slanesh summoning list yeah. um i think that will get squashed in the next faq because 
their their mechanic for summoning is the units that don't that have taken a wound or have taken wounds that are still on the field he then had a way to make sure that he wounded all of his own units mm. oh <laughs> so he could just spam <laughs> units go on, go on. exactly spam units of demonettes um and i will share i will tell everyone what it is you basically summon the there's then the spell called the burning head you pop that into the middle of your own units and then you explode it um and <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> that, that's hilarious yeah, dude, and, mean, and of course Bill Souza comes up with this, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is the master at that kind of stuff. Where you're like, Indeed. what? How did you come up with this thing? Like, I wouldn't have ever thought that. And he's like, oh no, it's really easy. And you're like, okay, yeah. cool. But so, um, so I think those are so. What armies are looking good right now is the new books, Stormcast, and Art War Clans are looking. Yep. Now let me ask James: Is that strong. ever not true that the new books are looking strong? Um, Beast of Chaos when it came out, yeah, Beast of Chaos when it came <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, there you go. I guess but then again, I think um, another amazing player, Gavin Grigar, a Texan guy. Um, uh, he, I think he went four and one in New Orleans with Beast of Chaos. Get out! Oh, that's I heard about that. I think so. I could be entirely off. Outlier, there, but outlier, yeah. Um, but um, not always, but quite often, particularly at the start of editions. Um, yeah. So those new books are looking good. The summoning armies are looking good. Um, Soulbite Gravelords are actually doing all right. Uh, I mean, that book came out before the new edition, but yeah. was written with the new edition in mind. Um, Radicar so the Beast good. is a monster. I mean, he is yeah. something else. Yeah, they're looking decent. And, and armies that are struggling tend to be the slightly more dated ones, you know. Um, Nighthawk. Not, not universally. <laughs> Nighthawk are struggling. Um, they don't have a monster in their entire army, so How they don't have a. Ch- What's that? Oh, uh, they that came. Uh, it, it was the first book of uh, AOS 2.0. Um, yeah. But you had Nurgle and IDK, I think, that were kind of like the 1.5 book, mm-hmm. right? The ones yeah. that were written for 2.0. So mm-hmm. um, it's one of the older books now, but again, Night Hunt does not have any monsters, so they don't get to yeah. score all these cool points, do all these cool activations, like so they're just struggling. Yeah, Blades of Corn, um, bit of a renaissance when people chuck Archeon in there because of Godhammer at the moment. Yeah. Um, but um, they're struggling a bit. Beast of Chaos, less Gavin's improbable performance, but it's interesting that you mentioned Night Hunt straight away because. Bill Sousa's running Nighthorn at Du Bois next week. Oh my gosh. All right. I, weekend, I can't wait sorry. to see what his list is. His list is eight units of five um, hex wraiths. Uh, okay. A, uh, a Dreadblade Harrow, who's not his general. Uh, Rykonor, and then the... You know, you can take this mercenary Mega Gargan. Oh man, I had uh, a list that was like that. Very similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what he's running, which is okay. kind of a... Which is a board control and yep. try and get get roll tens on the charge list um yep uh so that'll be interesting to see how he fares with that um and yeah so i'd say those are the things that uh and sylvaneth poor old sylvaneth like um <laughs> when their book came out it was like okay fun um, you know <laughs> yeah they, they can't seem to catch a break it's one of those ones where gw you're trying to do something that has a a different core mechanic you know uh, yeah. and they they then can't seem to 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 quite get it right and people initially said wow sylvaneth check out those bow hunters but right. yeah those bow hunters are nowhere near as good as a lot of the stuff that i've been playing for the last few years like 
the good shooting list. So Skaven are a great shooting list. Yep. Um, even though that wouldn't, I wouldn't say they're in a particularly great spot now because they're so dependent on those shooting storm fiends. Um, yeah. Cities of Sigmar, um, the Iron Drakes, amazing shooting list. Um, the the Marathi plus Bow Snakes, uh, the list that I'm running at the moment, fantastic shooting list. Um, yep. So there are, uh, yeah, th- those those armies that haven't can't stand up to that type of thing are, are, are going to struggle a bit. And like gloom spike gets as well yeah permanently in the on the struggle bus you know um the but i there are i think there is a little bit more potentially a little bit more list diversity than there was um certainly the when you look at the the range of different armies going to the boys um this weekend um is going to be uh interesting uh so uh, like sons of behemoth i think is still the 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 the, the most the the highest number of players because interesting yeah, it's simple enough to build and paint yeah, and play, yeah. you know, um, and is is fairly competitive. You can, like, you're going to go three and two or four and one, and you'd be disappointed if you don't with that type of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that's that's sort of where the game is right now. I'm personally really enjoying it, both as a as a, as a player and a TO. Um, it's been awesome. Uh, I love the fact that 3.0 has, has caused the... The growth or has been part of that growth in the community and um i see more and more tournaments reducing the number of 40k tables they have in order to play Ah, to have to have more aos um certainly uh uh summer slaughter did that du bois have done that um there's been that there is there is a growth in aos and three 3.0 is a big part of that people are uh i i feel it's slightly higher profile than it was people are uh, uh, are starting to get past that. Oh, I used to play fantasy. I don't want to play right. AOS anymore. I'm just going to play 40k instead. I think that's that's there's, that's quite a quite reduced right now. So I think the game's in a in a pretty good place uh, right now. So there's uh, t- two things I thought of when you were just talking about. Um, one is that AOS 3.0 is very similar to. Um, Warhammer 9th edition, right? In terms yep. of some of the mechanics and the scoring objectives and the smaller board size, which I think mm-hmm. provides a lot more interaction, right? Yep. Um, you can get in your opponent's face a lot faster. Um, and so for melee armies, that's a good thing, you know? Um, yep. And so, uh, so I think that there are a lot of 40K players that are saying, hey, this actually isn't that far off from what I'm playing now. And I've mm. seen a lot of 40k players being like, I'll try it out. This sounds interesting. You know, give yep. me, give me those, uh, give me those, uh, Age of Sigmar Marines, uh, in the Stormcast Eternals, <laughs> yeah. right? The Primaris uh, models. I can mm-hmm. do those. Um, the other thing that I was telling Jason the other day after I played my first game is that, um, the thing I love about 3.0 is that, um, you get to do things in your opponent's phases you do and yes. um that to me improves the level of interaction that you have yep and it gets you uh, you know i'm not sitting there checking my phone while you're just moving all your things and doing your stuff because because <laughs> yeah, i can now choice. do things yeah exactly until, and, and, until you until you tell me to roll some saves yeah um absolutely <laughs> so there are there are some uh good rules interactions or, or some good uh interactions that, that you will you will take in your play in your opponent's turn which is starts with you getting to do a heroic action uh, one hero gets to do something 
in every hero phase yep. so you can try and generate yourself extra man points you can get extra dispel you can make it one of your hero's finest hours which gives them a bonus to wound and to save um or you can try and heal your heroes uh, in um in your opponent's heroes fa hero phase but you can also then um in their movement phase if they get within nine inches of you, you can spend a command point to redeploy a unit d6 inches i do that frequently and i always roll a one <laughs> um, you're like well pop all right well like um, now yeah. if you roll the three ah, that was a, that, that, that was a well spent that was a well spent command point you've now got a four inch charge rather than a three inch charge um that's awesome yeah um and then they've got an overwatch mechanic called unleash hell cost you a command point um and if a if they then charge a unit and there is a shooting unit within nine inches of the model like that model the first model that charges so when they finish their charge move you can spend a command point to shoot at them um which makes people think twice about charging your screen because your big shooting unit behind it's going to open up when they do uh which i think is a cool thing to have um cool thing of course for I you would james do. cool yeah, thing exactly. for you yeah. not for my not for my gorgrunters my piggies not no, cool for them <laughs> no um so you're right it is it is more interactive uh, and it it, I think it adds that level of engagement, plus the fact that you're doing different stuff in every turn because yeah. of the, the 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 battle tactics mechanic as well. And so, the the monstrous abilities that you have are really cool. The oh, stomp yeah, and roar too. Yeah. and all that. Mm -hmm. Like it's um, uh, what I the actually the third thing that I like about AOS 3.0 right now is the fact that we are in GURD. That was like the most unloved realm in yes. 2.0 nobody wanted to play in gur because they had weird rules right it and, did you oh. had to bring it bring an extra spare monster yeah and you're like who's got an extra spare monster like you oh, know yeah. what i mean like like so nobody ever played in it um i think these new rules like have kind of revitalized it as a cool round to play in and um now you're starting to see monsters everywhere so you're seeing really cool centerpiece models that are like really going at it you know and yep. you're seeing these kind of big big things like charging into each other and trying to take each other down and um it's it's pretty cool you know it is i say i think the game i think the game's in a good spot and i really love the growth of it um and i and i enjoy the the fact that there's a there is there is more going on uh, than there was in in 3.0 between all those all those extra command abilities yeah. all those in all those actions you can take uh and the uh the battle tactics and your ability to deny your opponent's battle tactic as well you know so you're going to be if somebody says i'm going to my battle tactic is i'm going to kill that battle line unit and they're thinking to themselves i'm going to try and do it with that monster and you're thinking right okay what can i do to stop them you know so when they move something up to charge it you might then try and redeploy them or you might try and redeploy a different unit to get in the way to actually charge block the unit they were going to charge in the first place there's all sorts of different stuff that you can think you you can do um to try and frustrate your opponent's ability to score those all important battle tactics yeah. so james question for you um you know one of the things as 2.0 was developing and shooting was starting to kind of rise in prominence yep. near the end of two a lot of people started talking about how, <clears throat> you know, the double turn mechanic really could be difficult in a shooting army where someone could get double turn shot with mm -hmm. these massive shooting armies without really having anything to do. Does yep. this new interactive play give players a way to kind of mitigate the double turn shot where you just kind mm -hmm. of sit there and let your opponent just shoot and then shoot again? Um, not fully. But okay. there are things that you can, uh, things that you can do. So we talked about 
uh, redeployment already probably doesn't help much against shooting because you, you're only moving d6 inches further away mm, you're probably not right. getting out of yeah. range but especially with a smaller board yeah true but there is uh your uh your all-out defense command ability that you can use in the shooting phase or in the combat phase where you add a bonus save to that unit so oh, you start helps. to try and increase their resilience yeah mm -hmm. and then there's also the fact that um there are most of the missions um the person who goes second in round three uh in turn three or round no, player turn battle round so goes second in battle round three gets to remove an objective from the board so there's burning almost in all the missions it's not a burn because you don't like score any oh, additional yep. objectives mm -hmm. and move it away um it is just a remove an objective from the battlefield so a people used to talk about ah oh, sometimes i give away the double turn when i get it and you're like no you didn't um <laughs> <laughs> nonsense <laughs> But now there's a legitimate argument that says turn two into turn three, you're not so keen to take that double turn because you do that and then your home objective that you're relying on to to be a sort of linchpin in your primary score one, score two, score more objectives mm -hmm. is gone. Yep. So you might get that one into two, but two into three, the double turn is is has been disincentivized a little bit. <laughs> um and I just want to—I just want to be, be be clear. Like, for me, I'm, if I get a double turn, I'm going to shoot you four times, because yeah. Marathi's got a command ability to make the bow snake shoot in the hero phase. Yeah. And then they shoot in the shooting phase, and then I shoot them again in the next hero phase yep. and the next shooting phase. So, that's 120 dice. Gonna happen. Looking for, looking for mortal wounds on sixes. Yeah. Well, um, you just got—you got to know that's going to happen, and so you—you you got to do your best exactly. to position yep. for that. Yeah. Um, the, yes. I mean, the other thing, too, about, you know, going second is that uh, you get more command points. You do um, indeed. That's true. Yeah. And, and this was a big change from AOS 2.0 to 3.0, which is that you get a certain amount of command points based on if your general's on the board, based on um, yep. uh, what turn you go in, uh, etc. And uh, if you don't use your command points that, uh, that turn, um, they go away. So you're incentivized to use your command points because you're going to get a new set, you know, in the next battle round. Um, and if you go second, you get more. And sometimes those command points, I mean, it's like, ooh, wow, I'm glad I had this extra one for Battleshock. Or, um, yeah. or you know, I really needed that one for that um, all-out defense mm -hmm. in that, you know, in that round. So uh, that can yeah. make a big difference. The, the command point game is much more interesting as well now. Yeah. given that you're getting you're getting an extra point so you're going second so you're starting with two and you're scoring an extra one because your general's on the board so if you're going second you've got three command points and then normally in the first round or two you're looking to try and use your heroic action to, to potentially get another one right. so you're looking at four command points and for you going second and then if in your opponent's so the top of the turn if you're only you're only spending one maybe you spend the one that you got because you have to the one that you got for the heroic action uh and then you're going to get another two so if you're going second you're potentially banking up to five command points yeah right mm -hmm. there so that yeah. you can have a That's really great. really big impact that on, on on your your sort of riposte as it were uh, at, at the bottom of one plus then you've got a chance of a double a one into two as well so there's a lot to be said for going second in turn one 
Which is kind of funny because I started building. I started building lists where I'm like, okay, I want a one drop. I want a one drop. You know. And I'm like, yep. well, do I though? You know what I mean? Like, because it's kind of like, okay, like if I plan for a second turn, I mean, orcs can do the first turn. You know what I mean? But yep. um, if I plan for a second turn, um, then I get the, all those extra command points, and I could potentially use those core battalions that give me better bonuses than just mm. the one drop. You know? So. Yep. yep. So, so it's you... funny. I rolled in there, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like. 10 drops. <laughs> yeah. <know? laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and and I take it because people were scared of your orc alpha strike, they weren't making you go first. That's exactly it. And I'm like, well, that's yeah. how I was planning to play it, you know? Yep. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, there's there's a lot more going on in AOS 3.0 than there was in 2.0, and I, and I, I think that makes it a much more it's interesting good. game, to my mind. What it does yes. for tournaments, in my opinion, and we're, we'll talk about like how tournaments have been going in 3.0, but it, what it does for tournaments, in my opinion, is the better generals are rising to the top rather than the better mm-hmm. armies, right? Because, like, yep. uh, what was that, early 2019, like... Um, Slanesh was like with the keeper oh, list was just like good. Yeah. <laughs> stupid good, and it was like you you just had to basically point and click right, and you could win. You could go easily three and two with that Slanesh list. Yeah, and um, I don't think that I think with the way that uh, the you know command points work, with the way the objective scoring works, like and all the battle tactics, like that's not necessarily given. You could have a really good army, but you could mm. still go, uh, you know, one and four easily. Yeah. You know, um, there's the, the, the tournaments in 3.0. Um, I think it's true. I don't know that we know it well enough yet to, to say for sure, but I, I think your, your observation is correct that it, it's, it's creating a bit more list diversity and it's allowing the player to have more impact than, than just the list. Um, I also think that, if you pick the right missions the scoring is pretty good um there are people who don't who don't particularly like the score and there are people who disagree with um with the bonus points for actions with monsters and for killing monsters Uh um because that presents an opportunity um that you might score more points just because you you get drawn against armies that have lots of monsters but yeah. to my mind, you you build, you list build with this in mind. You don't want to have too many monsters because you're going to be giving away a ton of points. You do want to have enough monsters that you can score most of the, the extra bonus points you get with monsters. Um, the So for the five bonuses that you can get with monsters, three of them only need one monster, one of them needs two, and one of them needs three. Yeah. But you also have a realm spell that will turn a wizard into a monster. So you've got, with one monster in your list, you've got the opportunity to score, provided you've got a wizard, to score four of those five bonus points if you get it right. Um, so I think there's some that gives a, an extra dimension to list building, which I like. Um, and there's also the complete curveball, which is the fact that giants can do all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, <laughs> That's true. Because they... Some of the objectives, not many of them, um, missions have objectives, and the, the score is based on where the objective is. And, of course, they can kick objectives around. So they can move objectives out of their own territory in order to prevent the opponent scoring extra points for holding the objective in their territory. Yeah. Um, so there's some funnies with, with, with monsters. But I think 
the basic core construct of one, two more for a primary and two points for a, a battle tactic is really good um, because it, it makes it predictable. And so that tournament at the weekend, like any time I saw a score above 30, because if you think about it, the basic the basic number you could get would be five times five plus three for your for your grand strategy, so 28. Yeah. So every time I saw a score above 30, I would go and audit that score with the players. <laughs> That's probably fair. And I'll be honest, like um, the hardest part of the tournament that we had was me understanding the scoring mechanism, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, because, yes, yeah, yeah, true. That I mean there was it was what we and that's a good that's a, a good um, segue into that. So we were we ha you had your victory points that were those with with what I've just described. Yep. But then then there was a tournament point mechanic. That was was how we were scoring the tournament. So if you got a major victory, i.e., if you got more victory points than your opponent in a game, uh, you got 25, and then scored five for your grand strategy and one for each battle tactic, which unfortunately put a, a, a points a, like a, a major victory win on and around the same point score as the victory points for the game. Yeah, which made it a bit confusing. Yes. Um, and I just I just followed what they were doing at Du Bois because this was marketed as a prep event yep. for the, ma yep. the major event that is the boys um so i think next time i run my own tournaments the big one being nova next year um i will look to tweak that slightly so that you can't confuse tournament points with victory points hmm. yeah um, i think that i think that that's good because i i know i got confused with it and i probably yep. wasn't the only one either so. no and 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 did I, was it you that I came and spoke to? Because I came and spoke to a couple of people, just because when I looked at their points, I was like, mm, it doesn't quite look quite right. Um, in 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 the system in BCP. Yeah, um, yeah, it was the last game. You know, as I was kind of adding them up, I said, oh, it's this, and you're like, wait, you, did you count this? Did you count that? And I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so, but again, some of that will come with your experience of yeah. of, of playing of playing 3.0. So yeah, scoring. Um, I wouldn't say it's perfect yet, but. There are, I think, as a community, the TOs are starting to coalesce around an idea of how to score tournaments um, based on on the, the sort of structure that, that Games Workshop has, has put in place with those missions for us. So I think that's that's coming together quite nicely. Yeah, and I think once that's set, what that does is it ends up allowing the players to say, okay, how do I game this to get the maximum points, yep. right? And uh, that, that extra clarity helps a lot. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agreed, and I, I think that that's where the the sort of the next level of generalship, as it were, will come out in terms of people working out how they make a list that has the potential to score the points they need, and then how they execute in terms of the right battle tactic at the right time, and doing that with the right models. Yeah, to really succeed. So, um, speaking of tournaments, and this is probably yep. what we'll, uh, you know, kind of end on. Uh, you said you're going to be TOing down in Austin and probably helping out with, uh, yep. you know, all that. But um, the big one for us in Northern Virginia has always been the Nova Open that uh, takes yep. place usually uh, over Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend. Yep. Yep. Uh, is it coming back? Because it's been gone for two years now. It has been gone for two years. Uh, it is coming back. Um, the... Uh, the venue will be the same for okay. 2022 so it will be the Hyatt regency down in crystal city uh and i think yeah. <laughs> i'm 99 certain on that um but it will come back and it will be very similar in the sense that there is um it is a convention 
um, which supports the Nova Open Charitable Foundation, uh, and it will all very much be based around a large scale convention with running all the different game systems that you're used to seeing. Yeah. Now, I don't know, I don't know that all the game systems have survived the pandemic, particular in particular health, but the core games workshop systems, so 40k and AOS, uh, will will be there in strength. We will be on the AOS side, which is obviously what I know about. We will be running the whole range of uh, Games Workshop AOS related games. So AOS, Warcry, yes. Under Underworlds, Soul Blight. What's it called? Soul. Uh, the RPG. Oh yeah. The RPG. Uh, it's uh, not Soul Blight. It's uh, Soul. I can't remember, but yeah, the RPG for AOS. Yeah, the AOS RPG. Um, and. Uh, yeah, so all of the and the narrative, which is hugely popular at Nova, way um, popular. It is hard to get a ticket for that thing. Super hard to get a ticket from it. So they're going to run two different sessions of wow. narrative AOS. We'll have a day session and a night session with that will all be linked to the same storyline and the Soul Wars Soul Realm RPG, whatever <laughs> yeah. it's called, that RPG that has yeah. Soul in the name, um, will will have a, a scenario. Or we'll have a storyline that's tied to that narrative event. Oh, so that's kind of cool. All that's going to hold together nicely as a sort of um, narrative and story-driven element to the convention on the AOS side. Um, and I think we're going to do it. We're also looking to do the Invitational, which is something they've always done on the 40K side, which is an invitation to the best performing players in the world to uh -huh. come and play each other in an exhibition-type format, but with a cash prize, so that they're all incentivized to... To bring their filthiest list that type of thing yeah. um so that's that's what we're looking to do um and there's a couple of changes that you can see i mean guys stay close to the 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 monthly nova news nova newsletters that come out all the information is going to be in there looking at ticket sales going uh, uh ticket sales going live early in the new year uh and then still running the same style of event at nova in order to bring the community together and to raise money for the Nova Open Charitable Foundation. So um, in years past, we had, usually it was an, you did an RTT, like on a, on a Thursday, yep. uh, doubles on a Friday, and then the grand tournament Saturday, Sunday. Um, is that kind of the same order you're going to follow? Or are you going to end with the doubles tweak, on I Sunday? Think, um, we've always, we've always struggled on a Sunday because of um, the overall prize giving and ceremony being in the same hall that the aos has played in uh -huh. um i'm hoping to get around that i don't know for sure um but that's hoping to, so that i can have a full day on the sunday but i'm looking to try and get over 200 players in the gt okay. so as a result what i'd like to do is run a five round gt and then cut to a top eight and run three rounds on the, so on the top sunday eight. well do five and finish on um after two games on the Saturday, finish yep. and then go to top eight. So you play the first round of the top gotcha, eight on Saturday okay. evening, and therefore you can have two rounds on the Sunday. Yeah. That probably means doubles on the on Sunday. On or... no, probably means doubles on the Friday. Okay. Um and and RTT on the Thursday. Yeah, I love um, doubles. Doubles are so much fun. Nova doubles has always been great. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's a big draw. It's a big draw in mo at most of the big conventions. Um, du Bois are doing one this week on the Friday as well. I don't know how many have signed up, but um. That'll be a good time. Yeah. Um, and I think 
Hey, like, one, he, one of my favorite memories of AOS is playing doubles with Justin in Las Vegas Open and making a team rage quit the entire tournament. Rage quit the tournament, <laughs> dude. We had we had my Night Hunt and Jason's FEC against a Nagash and Archeon list. Oh, wow. And we beat them. And um, they literally rage quit. They're like, we're out. <laughs> we were like, oh, all right. Well, well okay. safe drive, man. Safe drive. <laughs> yeah. Don't let the door hit you in the butt on the way out. <laughs> yeah, the um, the the LVO doubles has always been an interesting event as well because that wasn't that is on the Sunday. Yeah. And loads of people playing it, and it's worth a ton of ITC points. Right. And uh, Sergio and Michael Schwartz who. Yep. The long lives. and short. That was their the name. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they, <laughs> I think they tall and Sergio so short. <laughs> I think they won it two years in a row. Oh, did they? Like, yeah. They and and because there's two of them playing for like, and it's a big scoring event. That was worth for the team, like the overall AOS ITC team points. Mm-hmm. That gets you off to such a flying start. Yeah. That um, people were struggling to catch up. Um, throughout the year with those um, with the scores that they were posting from those uh, from that Nova uh, sorry from that LVO LVO doubles but um, yeah so Nova 2022 it's back it's going to be better than ever Uh, I can't wait Um, I'm excited I'm going to have to figure out what I'm going to do like because I want to play Warcry like I've got so many war bands right now with Warcry Mm. I love I love the game and now I'm going to have to be like, okay, like, which AOS am I going to play? Which Warcraft am I going to play? Am I going to play any narrative? Because, like, the narrative always looks so much fun. Like, the people yeah. that are doing it look like they are having a blast. So the, um, We will try to do what we what we had got set up for them in the in the, the Nova that got cancelled. So, 2020. Uh-huh. Um, they, they'd requested their own room oh, rather cool. than being yeah. in the main hall with everyone. Because I think they want to, they want a slightly quieter environment where so that they can make more noise and they can. I have... was going to say, I remember them being pretty loud. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. So I think that's like they just want to, they just want to get their narrative funk on themselves. Yep. Um, well, without, and it's um, uh, it's Aaron. Um... Aaron Bostian. Yeah. Aaron um, Bostian and then there's there are there are I think now four. Uh, so everybody who's been involved in it for the past few years is back. And they all want to take. They all want to. They all want to support. They all want to run events, which is why we're able to broaden the scope of what um, what they're going to do on the narrative side. Um, and then the uh, the the Soul Wars guys um, as well, tying their the their one shot RPG sessions into um, into the the storyline the narrative is running is super awesome. It's almost enough to make me want to be a narrative fluff player, but not quite. <laughs> it's all how you define fun for the event, right? You know, exactly. There's there's yeah. a lot of us who, you know, died many times on the battlefields and in the spaceways, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, is that what's fun for me to float into the the cold vacuum of space, or should I just play the fluff narrative and have a ball? Yeah. So. And I love it. I do. I do like when they're doing something crazy, like. They're in, they've got like 10 tables pushed together and it's all one large battlement and a half of their armies are defending this wall and the other half are trying to crush through it or they're doing ship-to-ship combat with these giant <laughs> polystyrene and wooden ships that they've painstakingly made over months. I'm like, that is kind of cool. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's just a different I, type of immersion, right? It yeah. is, it is for sure. But if I brought this filth list that I've got, <laughs> they would... 
definitely yeah. not like it. Right. Um, but having said that, Emma Mangles, who was fourth in our tournament this weekend, did once turn up at the narrative with one of the filthiest lists that was around at the time, which was like three Chaos War Mammoths uh-huh. and a bunch of other stuff. She bowled up at the narrative with that. Um, and I think had a good time, so cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of it's post-style too. Uh, yeah. yeah, like I said, I'm particularly interested in Warcry. I don't, I don't know if you've kept up with Warcry at all, uh, I, James. I, 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 I have not, but I have they done like, have they done like commanders? Because it, it's, it's, it's supposed kind to of, look yeah. like whatever it's combat. What's, it, what's the 40k one called? Uh, Kill Team. Kill Team. Yeah. yeah, they're supposed to have kept it like up with Kill Team, haven't they? Yeah, and uh, it's interesting because the new Kill Team has come out, and it's uh, very different now from Warcry, right? Um, okay. But they're both sk- skirmish games. Um, mm. But the Warcry came out with about a year ago, um, Grand Alliance books. And okay. what this did is it gave you more options for uh, models in your AOS ranges. Right, especially mm. the unnamed hero. So basically, any unnamed hero that you have in your AOS range can be used as like one of your leaders. Um, okay. But it also, and this is the most important part, it allowed you to take any of those leaders as an ally into any of your grand alliances. So now the combinations are like infinite, right? And you can okay. start saying like, oh, this guy can give bonuses to you know, to damage or to hit or to, mm. to whatever you're doing. Um, you know, he's a good mover. He's a good fighter. Like, uh, and you can kind of come up with a lot of different, a uh, lot of different combos. So I'm very interested to see how this Warcry tournament would turn out because I assume they're going to let us, you know, use the, they're basically, you know, baked in rules now with yeah. the allies and all that. So yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll be playing whatever the, the most current um, approved GW rule set. Yeah looks like yeah so it'll be good but uh james listen uh thank you so much for coming on the podcast it was super informative very entertaining um we're happy to have cool. you on here it was yep. good fun i really enjoyed talking to you guys um it was great to see you last weekend justin it's, it's, it's certainly been too long since we've all had the chance to for sure hang out and roll dice definitely definitely i, I hope to uh get get going soon i wanted to come up to du Bois. it just wasn't working out this year so yeah it's a bit of a trek no. i'm flying i'm flying up from dc to um rochester yeah for it um because like that six hour drives a killer yeah. uh we are going to be doing another huzzah rtt though like what in the first quarter of next q1 year? yeah we'll look to do something um it's difficult to get anything in before lvo with huzzah because they have a standing like their big 40k tournament of the year at Hazar is oh. is hammer in the new year, which normally takes place like the first week of January. Okay. So potentially we'd look to do something in uh, mid February as a sort of adepticon prep uh, type event. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'll, I'll tr- probably try and, and keep it at around the 32 player mark for for that for that event as well. Uh, and then I think at some point next year we'd like to do a a GT at Hazar. Um, there are another uh, n- number of other stores in in the local area. Um, if you if you sort of broaden yep. your definition of the local area out a little bit, that are interested in running events as well. Um, yeah, so... our, our store down in uh, in Fredericksburg, right? Like, um, I think they're still running a monthly one. Yeah, they were trying running, to. running that they are. Yeah, uh, Game Garrison have yep. been running monthly mm-hmm. ones. Um, they cancelled this month because of uh, it, they couldn't find a date that didn't clash with the richmond uh battlegrounds yep. tournament that's running um the bwg guys up in pennsylvania run a fairly big rtt every month out of palladium games um 
I've just started talking to um, uh, Game Castle, which is a big West Coast gaming store, is opening a store in College Park, Maryland. Really? As well. Interesting. Yes. So I saw that they were having a big launch event. Unfortunately, I'm going to be in Austin for that event, but I immediately sort of messaged the organizer and was like, hey, what's going on with your AOS? And they were like, not a lot yet. Do you want to do something? I was like, yep, yeah, sounds good. Um, so um, yeah, Game Castle's maybe, fun. Maybe slow grow type activities. Have you been to Game Castle, uh, the other venues then, have you, Jason? Yeah, when uh, I used to travel to uh, California for work a bit, and I would swim ah. by um, game, uh, out in Mountain View, California, which yeah. was a drive. Uh, or it was mm. drivable, so then I would swing by whenever I was out there. I see. Yeah, no, that would be cool because um, – it's interesting, like the growth of game stores in the area, the recovery post-COVID, the fact that there seems to be more venues that we can play tournaments, yeah. there's more interest in AOS. So um, hopefully with, with them, um, get something set up to start trying to grow a community there. Uh, our buddy Corey is doing the same thing out of Gamers Core in um, uh, Ellicott City yep. in Maryland yep. as well. So he's putting his his sort of sole hobby effort at the moment is is focused on building a community out of that store um so there's a lot going on and it's really cool to see yeah we've moment. got our store down here in woodbridge called the guild mm -hmm. um and it was guild gaming and it was it a smaller was, wasn't store it? Yeah. yeah so and then they moved to the mall um which is cool because it's a better store much better store um, I don't know if it has like quite as many tables, like there's only, you know, okay. um, but it's a great place to do a slow grow, like slow grow, uh, you know, hobby, hobby central that you could build up a community. I mean, and to be honest mm. with you, that's where Jason or that's where Garrett found Jason and I. Okay. Right. Is he started up a little slow grow, uh, you know, path to glory campaign. And Jason and I were just barely getting into AOS 2.0. We're like, let's play. That sounds like a great time. And that's yeah. how we ended up getting into it. Yeah, my first so. full 2K game was against Garrett down at Guild Gaming. Okay. And it was probably a really long game, and he was so patient with me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was good times. Um, yeah, uh, Garrett's not been playing very much. Um Mostly because I have him uh, chained to a, a bench building me um, uh, terrain um, <laughs> for uh, for tournaments. Um, but uh, yeah, he's uh, obviously get, BCP is, is still the 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 go to app of choice for running yeah. your tournaments. And um, we use the tournament at the weekend to pilot some new uh, new features with the the new scoring system, uh, the new uh, sort of. A sheet to enter your scores in so you yeah. just put the uh you just put your victory points in and tell the, tell the system how many whether you've got your grand strategy your battle tactics and it then calculates your tournament points for you like things that we can then use in bcp to help facilitate bigger events as well yeah. so yeah um there's it's there's a whole lot of goodness at the moment so i'm i'm really it's really good to see people getting back out there post covid and the community sort of really coming out and, and thriving and, and really growing from the uh, from the the sort of absence that everyone I think everyone's keenly felt in the past 18 months well there was a there was a really good energy at the tournament last weekend um, and yeah. I mean I think that that's a testament to the game we were playing testament to you as a to for sure you know it was well organized well put together everybody liked the stuff and a testament to the players you know what I mean like we yeah, we all had some great players that had like I mean I hadn't seen a lot of those people in forever you know mm -hmm. and it was so good to see a lot of them and come out and you know either you know yeah uh uh you know 
joyfully, you know, cheer on your guy who is winning or commiserate yep. with the other people that you lost with, you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, it, it was good times all around. It was. Interestingly, I should add that there was, we had a, a Best Painted Award and um, I didn't insist on uh, armies being fully painted because it is a one-day, uh, a three-round RTT and I don't want anyone to feel they shouldn't come out and throw dice uh, uh -huh. if, if they haven't finished painting their army. But um, I selected four armies to be the shortlist for Best Painted uh, and then I got the, the, the staff from the store to come and, and select an army uh, which they thought was Best Painted. So I picked these four armies and there were four members of staff and all four of them picked a different army. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, okay, great, guys. <laughs> so in the end, I was like, guys, you're gonna have to find me a fifth judge here um, to have this this casting vote. Um, and uh, thankfully, they had one of the like their top uh, sort of uh, 40k hobbyists happen to be in the other room. I don't know playing magic or something. And um, so he came and, uh, and 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 cast the final vote in terms of the best army award. And it was it was one of the one of the Nighthorn players. Um, Nice. Justin, um, a, a, a guy called Eric. Um, so he, um, he was. That was the, the standard of hobby people had. Unlike me, actually spent some time during lockdown uh, and COVID to get their armies up to a good standard uh, to uh, to 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 play in that tournament as well. So that was pretty awesome. We we all had grand designs for our armies at the beginning of COVID. You know, like oh wow, this is going to give me so much time to do my stuff. You know, uh, yeah. you know, and. I thought about it a few times when I kept clicking the button when Netflix asked me, are you still watching this? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so anyway, well, hey, Jay Tiger King was good though. So. That's right. <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> good, good stuff. All right. Well, James, thank you so much for joining us. We no really problem appreciate at all. Delighted here. to be Thanks, here. James. Thank much you. Appreciate yeah. it. I've, I've uh, learned well, a lot well, listening. I'm sorry. I haven't been sticking my nose in, but I'm <laughs> I've been listening intently. Yeah, I've always got a ton of armies. If you wanna, if you wanna uh, borrow one, we're gonna and, do and it. Sometimes. We're gonna get Dan out one day. We we've gotten to play Warcry when we've done local I love Warcry, Warcry tournaments. Okay. I love Warcry. We've yeah. done uh, a couple narrative tournaments in my basement, and uh, okay, Dan's cool. always had a good time with it. So. Sweet, amazing, yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, we'll have to have you on uh, again as a, as kind of three O uh, progresses, and as we kind yeah, of get absolutely. some more stuff under the belt, because uh, super informative and. And uh, always good to know what the state of AOS is. Are you guys? Is. Are you guys attending LVO in January? I am not, unfortunately. Oh, no. I know. So maybe I can come back and talk about LVO and yeah, awesome. Austin, Austin, and all the other all the other GW stuff that's happening between yeah. now and uh, because that's and the early end of the end of the ITC is there in Correct. January, right? So, yes, it is. Yep. Yes, it are is. Are they doing yeah, uh, ITC. AOR in uh, or sorry, Age of Sigmar in uh, in PAX in Philly in December? I don't no, think no. so. No, yeah. I, 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 do, I do. I seem to think they did one. They did it one year, and it was the year that um, that uh, Justin referred to, where Slanesh was smashing everyone. I, I think um, Dutch Adams went and just oh, that's right, he did. Everybody. That's right. <laughs> Soured an entire an entire he's convention. Like a, I think he, yeah, I think he told me he's like I had to pack up my models and run. Like, yeah. <laughs> Pax guys like, well, we're trying to hold an event where people enjoy themselves, and maybe this isn't the. You're missing the whole point, Jay. Uh, so funny, so funny. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, maybe actually, we'll uh, we'll get you and Garrett on here to talk about you know. That would be perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. So. Particularly if I win. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Um, I mean, you... which I won't. Like Gavin Grigar is so far ahead this year; it's ridiculous. <laughs> 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much. We uh, we absolutely appreciate you coming on. And uh, we can't look or we, we can't look forward. We look forward to and cannot wait until the next time you come. I appreciate it. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Thanks, All right. Thank you. All right, everybody. Have a great night. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and to like and share. Uh, you know, let your buddies know. And uh, and uh, just remember, keep those dice rolling. All right. We'll see you.